Welcome back to another edition of Unless You Ask with me, Kevin Chung. Joining me today is a husband, club dance enthusiast, and my <laughs> former boss, Ryan Kwan. <laughs> Ryan, welcome to the pod. Kevin, thank you for the intro, and thank you for saying in that order. <laughs> because, yeah, that's the, that's also the order that I would prioritize it as well. And yeah, happy, happy to be here. Um, so for the people at home, how do you and I uh, know each other? Uh, I alluded to you being my boss, but uh, how would you describe our our relationship? Yeah, I mean, Kevin, I think you came to us at Omada Digital Health Company in San Francisco, uh, like, yeah, many years ago now. It's like the third data analyst of the company on the data team. And then uh, I was your manager uh, at the time, and then... Or first Eric, right? And then first Tim. First Tim. Tim and then Eric. That's and right. then you. Tim, <laughs> Eric, then me, and then Wes. Wow, shit. I really Sorry. burned through managers at that job. <laughs> the, Kevin was the culture of Omada. Uh, ever since he left, it's gone now. <laughs> Screw you, Kevin. Um, but no, uh, he was definitely uh, came to our team and then. Fell in love, left us, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I really got to know Kevin though. Actually, when he invited me to uh, play Super Smash Brothers at his house, actually, I remember that. Uh, no, it was like I was on call at the time for uh, like during Christmas, and so if a data error came through, we would have to like respond to it at the house. But we played a Super Smash Brothers tournament with uh, his high school friends, and that was like at his parents house and it was clear that they had yeah. done this multiple times over like the years and so i got I was like yeah i get his vibes very well run <laughs> i get kevin's I, uh, vibes this was alluded to with in on the first uh on the first podcast i i mentioned this uh thing that we used to like tournaments that we host for super smash bros and yes my my boss you know a lot of uh your your joy at your job or your misery can come from having a, a good or a bad boss. And uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty evident that Ryan was a good boss because he came to my house <laughs> with my family and played Smash with me. So, yeah, fond memories of, uh, of being managed by you. Third manager, but first, first in my heart. Oh, um, thanks, man. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, unless you ask, the premise is basically like, I, I want to talk to my guests about some interest that they have, uh, some topic that they care about. In the last episode, it was pointed out that like this is basically offloading the work to my guests. Uh, and so far, all my guests have kind of struggled <laughs> to pick a topic uh, to some degree. There's like there's been a lot of like, oh maybe I should do this like back and forth. But with you, there was kind of only you immediately knew what you wanted to talk about. So I'm. Uh, curious to, to hear what your topic is and and why you're like so into it i guess <laughs> well my topic uh, i did text you immediately didn't i as uh, and the enneagram and what is the enneagram i feel like the enneagram is it's hard to explain but it's best explained through i think a little bit of story about why and how i got there uh but enneagram uh actually i think just to help anchor anyone who's listening to it it is a a psych it's like a a model where uh like the myers-briggs test 
that helps you uh, archetype your personality or like the way you behave. And so that's like uh, maybe a helpful anchoring point because uh, of the story of how I even wanted to find a model like this was uh, I'm married to Emily who for the last uh, six years now, I think. And proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. No, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's June 27th. Be there. Coming soon. <laughs> Sixth year anniversary to a theater, theater near you. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Congrats. during COVID, this is like the beginning of COVID. Uh, you know, we started spending a lot more time together. We, uh, And when you're spending a lot of time together, you start to, uh, I don't know, there's always annoy each other a little bit. There's a little more tension because you're just spending uh, maybe more time than you have chosen to uh, spend together. Like, not to say that I, it's just, but no one actually really wants to spend every waking moment with their partner. Right? That's not the goal. Not uh, healthy. Not yeah, healthy. Agreed. Uh, and, and so, yeah, then you start to learn more things about each other and there's quirks, right? And then you're just like, ah, I'm kind of annoyed by that. And the one thing I was annoyed about is just a silly example were uh, dirt piles. And what I mean by that is Emily, when we would broom the house or like clean up the house and stuff, would set up, uh, you know, start sweeping the dirt into the pile like normal people. And then, then you start to realize like the dirt pile is just like growing. Oh, and these are over the course of multiple days of sweeping. It's like, <laughs> is this dirt pile ever going to leave? Is it going to go away? Is it... You know, it's just going to stay there forever. And then, no, it doesn't. It's just like two weeks past, three weeks <laughs> past. And it's just like, why is it? Why is there this fruit pile? I don't understand. And you pick it up, scoop it in like resentment. It's like, what's going on here? Why is this person not doing that? And you just point it out. You say like, hey, what, why are you doing it? It's like, well, that's just makes sense to me and then and then it's just like doesn't make sense to you though right and so you're going yeah. crazy <laughs> then you you know you maybe you see then you go over your her parents house and then you realize like in all the little corners everywhere there's dirt piles too <laughs> and you're like oh, okay okay this is all making sense now it's something innate it's something that you grew up with hard to control then you start mm -hmm. to recognize that because of that innate attribute it's like well no way to like knock it out of the other person right you that's an accepted attribute and you know it could take you maybe like years to try to like change or transform it in any other meaningful way so you're like oh let's just accept it acknowledge it and then move on and mm -hmm. uh, yeah i was interested in uh really tapping into that pattern of how can i understand her innate attributes much more cleanly and so then you start a quest, right, for a model that can actually represent that and allow you to apply it and then ultimately apply it in a way that make your relationship, like, better, right? And so that you can survive COVID and you can do all the things that you want to do in life, like yeah. survive COVID. And so... Yeah. Um, I'm curious, from Emily's perspective, how interested was she in, in the Enneagram? Is this something you kind of <laughs> inspired her to like? or uh, You know, it was a hard sell in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I and But there was a point that we were like, actually, this is really helpful. And so let's keep, let's keep going at it. And I was like, yes, we got it. You know, like 
you know it's like when you find like a tv show that you both want to watch together it's way more interesting yeah. right that way uh, <laughs> right so then you're like yeah I fucking found it uh, <laughs> it's like a v oh actually better for a lot of people nintendo like when you find the same nintendo switch games that you can play together <laughs> that is it's like oh my god why are there so few out there oh man <laughs> Yeah, at H- least Hades. I played the Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> yes, that's a good it's, one. Uh, I like games, and she likes ge- like birds, so it worked, <laughs> it worked out. So imagine finding the perfect model to uh, understand together and apply it, and you're like, yeah, that's exciting. But I, I will say that uh, I've definitely taken it, taken it to another, uh, like multiple levels above where Emily has taken it. So she is an enthusiast and she also applies it. I, I think I mm-hmm. definitely just maybe went really, really far into the end. That's why I knew I I had to talk about this topic because it's like, this is yeah. the only thing I really learned it deeply in the past, uh, uh, in the past couple of months. So it's, you know? Yeah, it's perfect. So yeah, I should also say another thing that uh, led me to want to reach out to you is that you've actually have some experience podcasting yourself uh, yes. before. And this is kind of a good uh, example with what you just described that that kind of compounds and explains more of like who you are, how you approach your relationships with people. Absolutely. But yeah, can you talk a little bit about your podcast? Yeah. Uh, Podcast was, Emily was in New York. I was in California a little bit before we got married, uh, a couple years before we got married. I was in grad school at the time. And, you know, when all we had was the phone right like mm-hmm. we just talked to each other there's a small window of time where we could talk to each other uh, and so right. we had to get really good at like communicating and describing our relationships and the most interesting to talk about is like the meta of the relationship like like why are we here together like what what are what is why is it that we're trying to share this life together and how can i understand you better when uh the way that you talk or the, like I don't, a lot of times I don't like respond unless like a question is given to me. And so it's mm. very hard for me to talk openly about what's going on. And so you learn mm. those things about yourself and then you're like, oh, that's a, that was an interesting learning. And we just learned it right now while talking to each other. So what if we turn on the pot, the, turn on a recording and just start recording mm. and starting to s- capture some of that. Uh, and then you start editing and then you start going, wow, I thought that w- I thought the way I said that was a lot either more like clearer, efficient, or like nicer. <laughs> and, then, and then, so when you edit it, you write, it's like, oh, I started to realize things about myself and Emily uh, while doing that. So, what if, you know, you keep going and yeah. you learn? This is not a, a podcast for public consumption. This is Ryan's private podcast yes. uh, for, for improving right. his now marriage. Yeah, very. I think for probably many people, uh, the thought of doing that to their relationship is a little bit intense and scary. But it's cool that you are able to, and and, and that yes. it's been beneficial for you. I think that's very impressive. I think Emily um, met in a. We've been in a lot of intense and scary places, so that that's. Nah, I think that's why like the conversations themselves never really seem that that scary. It's like yeah. Yeah, if you're doing long distance, I mean, now during COVID, like you said, you're stuck together. So there's lots of uh, oh, yeah. lots Two... of time and, and reasons why you would need to have some more serious conversations with your partner. 
yeah, it was early in our relationship, two years. Uh, uh, basically, I had, we had yeah two years of like the beginning of our relationship almost. Uh, mm-hmm. We're long distance, so it's like really founded yeah. uh, founded upon good communication, and everything else came after. Yeah, for sure. So, so that's sort of uh, part of the motivation for you discovering the Enneagram. But yes. I guess what, what, uh, what is your kind of uh, explanation or for how how it works? I guess or like yes. what it how, okay. what it does, the mechanism for the model for description. People, sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, so yeah. Why? What? I like I said, my quest was to find a uh, a good model of this, of how we behave, how we. Uh, are these innate attributes something that helps us like understand who we are uh, better? And I think the way the Enneagram would say, it, how do we find our true nature, right? Our natural essence, that that kind of thing. And, yeah, uh, that's pretty hard to to model because like I, we know of all the things that exist out there, right? Chinese horoscopes or Chinese zodiac, zodiac, like Myers Briggs, colors, uh, yep. strengths finder, all these things. Like there's so many different attributes, right? Uh, or mm-hmm. different models out there. So then you're just like, well, I need a criteria that helps me understand uh, which of these, um, which of these has like a good foundation, uh, right. Of to build a model upon, like, is it just some random people like in the Chinese Zodiac or Zodiac looking up at the sky and just going like, okay, there's an interesting pattern here. I wonder if that's, uh, you know, Aries. Oh yeah. Lion. Oh, (laughs) strong. Yeah. Okay. It's like, it's super subjective, right? It's just like people riffing off each other and then just going, yeah. Okay. I think that's, that makes sense. Uh, totally and then you everything kind of is post hoc like all the different like relationships around the zodiac and how they interact with each other and so um, someone had mentioned the Enneagram to me and I ended up taking it so it's like a itemized questionnaire like all the others Uh, but the way like survey design is important and I think the way they frame the questions here is like they ask you a lot I think almost up to a hundred and then uh, they also in these itemized surveys put forth scenarios that you know help you understand things like how much do you value things like security or how much do you value being right or wrong right how much do you value competency or people like uh, praising you for an accomplishment things like that Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't really understand exactly what they're getting at so it's hard to start pre categorizing yourself into it and there's a hundred of Mm -hmm. them right so you're just like going going at it and then the end result is that uh, you have nine different types that you could be a part of, one through nine, the Enneagram, nine gram. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like you get a score, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And that tells you something about yourself, right? And for me, I, get a, I got the five, the investigator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that the model works, or I mean, at least like the one of the, uh, segments of the model right one of the outputs is a five so the investigator is a, you know i start reading about it and it's like does this reflect me who i am and the way the mm-hmm. investigator works the best describe it is a person who <laughs> uh, is often in their heads all the time that likes to kind of categorize the world in some way so it's very 
I feel like meta that we're talking about this right now because yes, I'm basically doing that with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but it really is. And, you know, the greatest strength is also the greatest weakness. And that desire to put the world in order or like kind of uh, solve a puzzle or something, do something like that, really, you know, sometimes I can just spend all my time in my head talking about this and not doing anything about it, right? I'm living <laughs> in my head, not enough in my body in the real world. And that yeah. gives rise to both a great strength and great weakness. I don't think I've exercised in probably the last, <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe several months at this point i feel like my but, body's but I atrophying think... i know this but i kind of don't yeah <laughs> no. okay. I, I i trust that like as soon as if you found like a a sort of meta reason to exercise like some kind of like you know yes. gamified or like uh <laughs> like kind of uh measurable kind of data-driven impact form of exercise you'd probably exercise a lot so i, I don't uh, think it's necessarily a problem <laughs> That's maybe true. No, I, I think um, it has to be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It has true. to be that's fun. True. And it's not I very think fun. I haven't found something other than rollerblading, but uh, <laughs> it's only good for my thighs. That makes yeah. It's <laughs> a it's a good point. But yeah, the, um, the model though, right? It, that's that's how it worked. Um, yeah. So you so you mentioned the uh, like greatest strength, greatest weakness part yes. of the of the enneagram. So like. Oh yeah. The the types that you described like they it basically is like the case that they all will have this like positive and, and negative thing about them. Oh yeah, should definitely get into more of the why this model is much better than Enneagram is much better than all the models. But when you mm. start digging into so I started reading the 5 and the natural question is do I trust this description, right? Cuz like lots of mm -hmm. horoscopes talk about they use strategies to say, oh, this is, can generalize to anyone. And then you start to project and see yourself in it, right? And then, yep. so the way that they actually organize the information is it's interesting. It's like, it's really grounded in the basic fear or basic motivation uh, of, of people. And it's something that stems from what, you know, when you dig into it, uh, step, they stem from childhood traumas, right? It's like okay. words that haven't been said to you as a kid, like "I love you" or uh, "You, uh, you val I value you as a person." Uh, you're a good, you're a good kid. Things like that that scar you in some way over time. And it's not just not saying those words, but other experiences. But uh, generally, some sort of pain that you experience that really gives rise to certain uh, uh, qualities about you that's really hard to change in your lifetime as well. Uh, hmm. So yes, it's you. Yeah, it's uh, essentially childhood uh, developmental psychology, and so at least it's grounded somewhere. I think yeah. <laughs> it's it's not the stars, but at least uh, some aspects of what we understand about psychology, and it's not. Oh yeah, and it's very unlike Myers Briggs in where there's a lot more probabilistic distribution to where you can exist in like these nine categories but mm -hmm. myers-briggs is like a you know like a, a planar spectrum of things where from you know introvert to extrovert and you're on this scale sliding scale between the two but mm -hmm. how did you arrive at introvert and extrovert or like what yeah. are what is that exactly other than maybe that scale is not important an important part of 
everyone's personality. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. it to imagine that you can already break on sub traits of an existing model without actually knowing if INTJ means anything is too it's it's like a it's you're creating a set of attributes and then building up into a segment, right? Instead of focusing mm -hmm. on just like maybe one core quality of what that mm -hmm. segment means. And I like the idea of basing it on your basic fear and basic motivations, because at least it's grounded in some experience in your lifehood, your childhood or something that gives rise to some fixed attributes about a, a person. And so I agreed, yeah. I agreed with it, read it, uh, and then started to start it. I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I started reading the other types and I was like, I don't see myself in them. And mm. then I'm like, okay, at least it's N of one. Uh, let's try to let's try to like apply this uh, and talk to Emily about it, you know, and and see where that goes. Yeah, when I was uh, when I was looking up the like Enneagram website, uh, they they mentioned that it's like based on these kind of like prenatal uh, like inherit inherent traits about yes. people, or it's trying to get at that something that like kind of we don't have control of, like you mentioned, and it also you know it's it's called like the enneagram institute uh so <laughs> yes. i'm curious it sounds like they they've done a lot to try to make it like a little more scientific a little more objective do you do you is there anything about it that feels a little like cult cultish to Cult you well, <laughs> funny you should say yeah like if you go to the website i mean enneagram nine gram only four points away from a pentagram <laughs> <laughs> the satanic symbol so i can definitely see how it could feel very cultish it's like not the symbol looks i was like i thought i was on the satanic like website at first uh, and then and then you kind of go okay okay uh, it's uh, it's a symbol that's been around for a while there's definitely a lot of uh, spirituality built baked around it like if you actually get the mm -hmm. the book uh the wisdom of the enneagram the, uh, you'll see that the full nine, you know, it's like the complete guide to psychological and spiritual growth for the nine personalities. But there's definitely like a religious aspect to it too. And actually in Christianity, they even started, I didn't realize like another way to think about your basic fear and basic motivation, these prenatal uh, factors is actually uh, your original sin is, yeah. is one way to think about it too. And I was like, oh, you know, get it it's something that you're fixed with that a decision of a, a pastime in your life uh you know adam and eve eating from the forbidden tree of knowledge uh, giving rise to original sin mortality and then now you're just stuck with that for the rest of your your life uh but you accept it and then you move on and then through jesus life christ your lord and savior aka the enneagram you can free <laughs> yourself from <laughs> from yourself you know like that's, that's kind of yeah. like the promise and right. it's it's there's a lot of patterns like i think a lot of uh, spiritual models or something you know like try to help people do that and yeah but uh, i like the enneagram <laughs> yeah. i like the enneagram yeah it's, it's kind of trying to do both um so yeah i i want to talk more about uh how you've applied this in yes. your relationship and also just with other folks. But uh, I think we're at like 20 ish minutes. So I'll, why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back and we can think more about how this applies to people we know. That sounds awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. 
All right, we're back from the break. Welcome back. Got a little something to drink. Um, when we left off, we were going to talk about how you sort of have applied the Enneagram to different people in your life and, and how that's gone. So I'm yes. curious to hear how, how have you introduced this to people? Uh, so maybe I guess it helps to do like a quick rundown of the nine types because otherwise it's really yeah, hard down. to gra- ground it Yeah. in... And something it's like i'm just saying numbers doesn't mean anything so like i said i'm five the investigator basic fear basic motivation is uh not feeling uh competence or feeling competence so there's a lot of desire to sh- organize information structure the world uh mm. build a sense of like i know something you don't uh and you know that's like great both gives rise to like a very great strength great weakness about themselves and that uh, they also don't like they fear incompetence so action scares them because they don't want to be ridiculed or like uh, mm. said oh wow you're dumb uh, and that's I felt you know that was yes that I th- do think that's like a core part of uh, my fear and, yeah. and self for, for sure uh, but let's see the other number is Emily's a six uh, the skeptic mm-hmm. and the skeptic is much a lot about uh, the desire for security in their lives. Uh, I think Emily has a story about being lost in the parking lot. I don't think that's necessarily the story, but you know, like the fear <laughs> of just so that you get the feeling of it. It's like, who do I depend on? Who can I trust? Mm-hmm. Uh, and fear of strangers, all these other things. So you give trust very slowly, but in the desire to uh, for security, you're, the way your mind starts to work is you start planning all the possible scenarios that could happen from like A through Z in life, and then you know that's that's far too much for me at five yeah, <laughs> that, right. to, to try. Um, and yeah. the but yeah, there's like other numbers. Like I'll just go through quickly. One is called the reformer, but you can think of them as like the judgy person who's like, I know what right or wrong is, and you don't, and you know because they. They want to be perceived and be a good person and mm-hmm. that's gives them a lot of order and structure and things in, in life and number two is called the helper someone probably who never received love as a kid so they always wow. uh, try to seek seek love and doing things for others like you know you probably know that friend that's always like uh almost like too helpful sometimes <laughs> like you they, they're actually like very mean about being helpful like oh let me do that for you no, no, you do that. You know, like <laughs> there's just mm. this desire to like, I need to give in order to feel loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the four is, no, three is called the achiever. Uh, you can think of, you know, like that person, at, type A person at work that's like, I need to, you know, I need success in, yeah. in life. That promotion, man. That I need promotion. To go go keep going for stuff like to achieve yeah. things and because like i think people value my results rather than me as a person you know like that kind of uh that feeling. you're throwing a yeah. lot of like hot shade on these types people are probably like oh that's me and then you're like oh that is no. me. <laughs> absolutely yes that is <laughs> the feeling that you should feel when you read the enneagram where it's like oh yeah that's a you know, a lot of enneagrams talk about the strengths, right? But they rarely talk about like, oh, it, it really that strength gives rise from a deep fear, a deep yeah. desire, a deep scar that you have. And I, mm-hmm. I let, 
I like the story, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, this seven, seven is the uh, enthusiast because we went through five and six. The, the I think enthusiast. you skipped four, actually. Oh, thank you for counting. The data. He's a data analyst, everyone. Uh, <laughs> four uh, is the individualist. Yes, this is a. Uh, I think of the way that I could best describe it. Yeah, I definitely have certain people in my head about this. Um, uh, it's like the artist uh, who's always like, I need to be different. I need to be unique. I need to uh, be someone special, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just nobody gets me, man. Uh, that's definitely, a, you know, the quality of the four. Mm-hmm. The, they're very art, but give rise to great, like, art and life expression of self. Uh, seven's enthusiast, like the, I would say the outgoing person who's actually because they're really afraid of like being inward with their own thoughts and being by themselves. So then they are very extroverted and need to thrive on new experiences and being social out, out with others. Mm-hmm. Challenger is like the eight. Wow. There's one more, two more. Challenger eight is the heroic I think you both know this uh, this person at work, Kevin, uh, Luke. Luke <laughs> yeah. is an eight. He's the, the hero True. of the story, pushing back against like the system. Yep. You know, they kind of like, they just let it rip sometimes. And they're like, whoa, this person's like a loose cannon cop, ready to <laughs> take down the law. Like that kind of uh, guy, person. And then good. lastly, nine is the peacemaker, which is... Uh, I would say anyone with chill vibes is generally a nine because they they're looking for harmony, man. They're looking for that like like things to flow, things to be yeah, natural, but kind of sometimes at the cost of like wanting to avoid conflict all the time as well. Never mm-hmm. actually sometimes even step speaking up for themselves because they just want the flow to be good and just to go with the river and and things like that. So yeah, yeah. Those are the, all the different nine types. Uh, it's from memory. Yeah, you it, had those. That was from memory. Yeah. Oh wow. I can, uh, so that's why I was like, I I needed to understand them all well in order to apply them. And mm-hmm. I the first best application obviously was with Emily five me six her, mm-hmm. and uh, you start to read those articles about like how do fives and six interact with one another. You read them out loud. Like obviously, in the beginning, I had to convince her, right, that this was even like worth her time. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like you know that oh, that's always like my first test. Is like I had to pitch to Emily. It's like this is this worth your time? Because if I can convince Emily, usually as her as a skeptic, it's right. gonna be good. So yeah. if I can get past her, it's generally more high quality. I get. And, <laughs> yeah, if she's on board uh, for it. And she was actually pretty on board. Like after we started talking about uh, the five and six, like how they interact, you read them out loud to one another. It creates this mirror for your relationship, right? Where you start to see something, you know, a little bit like uh, outside of yourself, more on paper, objective. And then you can say like, do I see myself in that? Get out of the uh, subjective lens in which you might be having like, uh, arguments or like conversations and then you start to go oh I, that is actually how our relationship seems to work right or that's not and you can actually start to have a much more logic-based discussion on what should change in order to uh, accept some of these fixed attributes about your 
self accept that acknowledge it and then you start to create like a plan for oh if that's how you're gonna generally behave 90 percent of the time let's let me not try to spend all of my effort trying to change you but change the situation yeah, all of those things right and you you come up with clever clever solutions for for them to like i think the whiteboard was actually a, a good example of an application because it's just <laughs> we just needed to organize our lives is my opinion the mental space of our lives like random ideas that would just kind of come up and then uh you know meals what we're eating uh yeah, there's a whiteboard the behind ryan for everyone listening <laughs> <laughs> yes oh yes there's a whiteboard uh, but yeah you just start to kind of like uh, create solutions that are go like i accept that Ryan likes to organize a lot and needs to have some structure to these spaces. And mm-hmm. Emily likes to plan a lot and have all these things and uh, that can freak her out sometimes. So how do we add pieces to our relationship, like a whiteboard for organization or a moment to talk about uh, all the, you know, all the, the fears and hopes and uncertainties mm-hmm. out loud. So that way we can kind of uh, provide the right uh, support for each other. Yeah. In our lives. Yeah. With, with most personality tests type, uh, type thing models that you're describing. Like, I think that the thing that I've taken away is like, it gives you a, a shared language or like a, a easier way to communicate about these things that are hard to communicate. Cause they might feel really personal or they might feel like difficult to kind of map. But yes, once you have the Enneagram, you can be like, well, this is like, you know, this is like a five thing that like we, we both understand what that means. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. A shared language is, that's definitely the value of a model for sure. And, uh, I, I do enjoy that aspect and, you know, all models are like in the psychology personality space are similar, right? Like colors, mm-hmm. uh, INTP, like at least you have a shared language to talk about like types of people. And then, yeah, if you share them, then you can talk to them. But, I do think the Enneagram is better uh, for two, two reasons, uh, but I'll talk more about the application side, which is, <laughs> I think it gets to the heart of, uh, it gets more interesting stories uh, out mm-hmm. of people because it's more personal about uh, how those attributes came to be, That's right? True. And yeah. it's INTJ, introvert, extrovert, there's not actually like really like a story behind behind it, uh, mm-hmm. or at least you don't get to those things. But when you talk about like the strengths and weaknesses, the, the fears and motivations, like the idea of like fear of not being loved, holy, wow, you can if you can get to some pretty like meaty conversations about like a person's childhood experiences that most people are actually very open to sharing. I find, and when I start applying them to people at work. Uh, people will really open up about who they are as people. Uh, and actually, you know, that's why I think it's actually a good model because uh, more from like an application perspective, you people are much like, uh, how to say, willing to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. acknowledge that these are act- like, they are f- these fears that they have. And I'm surprised actually by how many people are willing to open up when you, you call out that fear and then you ask them a follow-up question, like, where do you think that might come from mm-hmm. right? in your, in your life? They're like, oh, well, there's this, this moment that I had with my dad. And then you're like, wow, I feel like I understood you much better as a person uh, by talking about the Enneagram 
in one or two conversations than I could have had with you in the next 10 conversations if we had not brought this up uh, at all. Like I wouldn't, you probably wouldn't feel comfortable about me asking about what your greatest fear is. Right. Uh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, that's why I like it. Yeah. So started applying it at work, started a, you know, started seeing patterns, wanting to see if like I can collect some data around it at work and who's what, and is that actually like accurate and predictable? Are they predictable? Uh, and yeah, I, I would say f- we also have like a very interesting, uh, a data set at Omada as well with like 400,000 people, uh, tied to health outcomes, uh, like weight loss, A1C reduction, blood pressure reduction. And you're kind of like, and wondering if, you know, if you had these nine types, these archetypes in your data set, is there any interesting potentially a correlation between who you are as a person, how our uh, provider or coach might interact with you in order to help you uh, make the changes you need in your life to get to better health outcomes, right? So it's like acknowledging who you are as a person, working with that type rather than against it by applying the same. And then, yeah, I think that would actually be really, really useful. Uh, a way of uh, personalizing your experience a lot more either you know through healthcare or just in lots of other places in your life probably absolutely yeah and that's how i've definitely been doing it with once i understand who uh, a friend and we can talk about uh any of these specific people too (laughs) how that how that uh it's started working Speaking of uh, specific people, I think I, I'd like to end on a, a little game, basically. Oh, sure. Let's do it. So basically, the way the game works is I'm going to give you a, a person, and it's not going to be like a person we know necessarily, but a famous kind of person, and then I want you to try to guess what their Enneagram type is and maybe explain a little bit why. And these are, don't worry, these are custom-built it's a it's a list built for Ryan, so I know that you know all these people. So just give me a second. Oh, oh I love this game already. This is good. All right. Are you ready for the first one? Yes. The first person is Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. Oh, Someone man. who I know you know a lot about. I do know about Andrew Yang. I do believe that he is a one Yep, <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, obviously, I don't know if Andrew Yang has taken this test, but I uh, I looked up answers for all these. Uh, so why do you think oh, Andrew really? Yang is the one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it has a very strong sense of what right or wrong is. Uh, he's, I think, has a strong belief that why should everyone get a thousand dollars a month? You know, like a universal yeah. basic income. I think you have to be really firm in what your beliefs are and in order to put yourself on the stage and go like, this is what it should be. It sounds crazy, but here's why I think that's right. Right. Uh, very, very principles focused, kind of yes. like not worrying about uh, some of the other parts that the other nine or other eight types would probably think too much. Oh about. yes, absolutely. All right. The next one, I don't know if you're going to remember this one actually, but it's Natsumi from Terrace House, oh, Boys and Girls in the Natsumi. City, AKA oh. Nachan. Nachan, yes, yes, yes. Uh, she's got to be, she's got to be the um, man. It's either a three or an eight. Uh, figure <laughs> out. I think it's probably. Uh, oh man, this is impressive. That you even. Be, I'm just gonna try. I'm gonna try eight. Yeah, it's definitely an All eight. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah, it needs to be, I don't know. It feels needs to be the hero of the story a lot of times. Like sometimes it has to have the limelight, but yeah, just kind of poking people. Yeah, constantly. so confrontational. Like, very confrontational, but like it's clear that it's not. She's not sometimes even doing it. Uh, she she just that's just who she is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, could not have put it better myself. Great. <laughs> so far, you're two for two. Uh, nice. All right. Third one is Jed Bartlett from The West Wing. Oh, Jed Bartlett, man. <laughs> AKA the I'm, president. It's cool. It's cool that they had these. I didn't even know that these. Well, <laughs> this. I, I, I don't know how this is uh, probably people's opinions on the internet about what, <laughs> what numbers they are, but it's mostly for you. Your opinion's probably as good as the rest of the people who decided this that I looked up, but. <laughs> oh man, Jed Bartlett. I, I mean, haven't seen The West Wing, so any uh this one's hard it's been a him. it's been a while okay, so yeah. maybe three that's correct yes okay and the reason i thought it is just because uh i do think that there's a, a big part of his central character is like uh he does have um a, it's important for him that results i need to see results matter and mm-hmm. I want people to see that I was successful, right, mm-hmm. in doing so. Wow. Yep. Shaping this nation. You're three for three so far. This next one's probably the hardest. Uh, it's okay. Drake. Drake. I don't oh. think you necessarily know that much about Drake. I don't. I can exactly. only s- speak to random YouTube videos uh, <laughs> that I've seen about him. So. I mean, you know about his like his lyrics to some degree. You know what he likes to write songs about, but I don't know if that's necessarily who he is. And you know that he's a big artist that's like very successful, but uh, based right. on all that, <laughs> if I think, you had uh, to guess. Four or nine, maybe four. That was, yeah. So the, on the internet, it says he's a three wing four, which is like Enneagram ah. speak for like four is like yes. the, the secondary type i think but yeah um that one i i don't know how people know i don't think drake's taken the enneagram so we'll give you a pass that was like a that was the <laughs> hardest one uh all right and then kanye is definitely a four <laughs> yeah could you explain kanye is why? definitely a four could you explain it, why it's like that's the whole desire it's like i'm so unique i'm right. so different i'm so like every, all of that stuff yeah so misunderstood yeah going yeah. through struggles yeah it's like are you drake but art hey you know college dropout right great album (laughs) yeah all right this is the last one uh pot host of the podcast unless you ask kevin chunk kevin chunk nine yeah definitely a nine dude so you're like a very actually like yeah great example of i think a healthy nine uh i'm not i'm not only i when i've taken the enneagram in the past it's been nine but the very close second is a one very principle based yes which I yes. think is accurate, but yeah, very accurate. Yeah, you were definitely a nine wing one, not a nine wing eight. That's uh, no, yeah, that's not. Right. I'm no, I'm zero percent eight. <laughs> <laughs> but very principled, and uh, that is very accurate in my mind. But it's all about that vibe. <laughs> yeah. That's what a nine is about. Nines it's are about snake. the vibes. People feel good around nines. That's what's a very very good quality about them. They. They feel like at peace, and uh, I think that's you do that well. That's what I care about the most. I want other people to feel good around me. It's true. I don't know what that's about. Can you explain it from a childhood trauma point of view? 
Uh, you'll have to tell me. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, there's this actually line in the book. Is like, there's a, something that was not said to you as a kid that um, that it would have been nice to have heard more often type of thing. I, hear, I feel like I hear a lot of good things from my parents all the time. But I think what, from my perspective, it's that my mom is like a hard nine also. And that's why I actually Your presence matters. The, uh, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you. Your presence matters. That's what you what's what I needed to hear. Yeah, uh, there's like it's yeah, your presence matters. <laughs> and you create the space that you create around yourself is very uh soothing and comfortable. And I do think that like I said in the beginning maybe of this podcast, uh Kevin is the culture of Amada. <laughs> And the fact that he's gone, his presence is well, I think uh, it is well acknowledged that it is not there. Uh, and <laughs> well, so I appreciate that. Your presence matters. Thanks, Ryan. That means a lot. Um, that's all I had for what's their Enneagram, the, the first game we've ever played on, unless you ask. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, normally at the end, I ask if, uh, if the guest has anything to plug. Is there anything that you want to promote to our dear listeners? promote man yeah either about yourself or just any it could be anything really no pressure you know we'll see if this actually happens uh but uh at omada uh definitely revitalize this old thing called omada labs which is (laughs) (laughs) Promoted uh, in a, 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 a proprietary within a company technology or keep going uh, yeah it's you know we'll see if it actually makes the light of day and if it is it's the first place that you've heard it uh, America um, but you, so you Amada know, Labs is going to become a, pro, a public facing thing potentially theoretically yes so it was gonna... an app where right. we ran tests to learn what worked and what didn't for uh, health behavior change and service of you know better health outcomes for people mm-hmm. a big part of that behavior change is like understanding who people are and being able to uh you know i think actually you can think of it as like hey google is probably the best company at behavior change and facebook are the best company at behavior change but the Sorry, way that i don't know how to help with that uh, see they're listening to me right now yeah, they, and uh, that that happened <laughs> but they're optimized for the wrong thing short-term gain not long-term value for health and uh, human Mm. health and well-being the whole company and the business model is optimized around uh, sacrificing the long term for the short term through ad ad advertisements and clicks and and all of that so what if you optimize your business for the long term Uh, that that would be i think the company that i would like to see omada be uh, Mm. and behavior change for the long term Omada Labs is how we get there. It's the cross-functional collaboration of experts uh, from clinical science, decision science, uh, you know, behavioral science, coaching, all working together to figure out, hey, if I, if you were an Enneagram Five, right, uh, you know, what would what would be the best experience for you to become the best, ver- better version of yourself, wow. right? The best version of yourself. Yeah. We we have the answers. Uh, Enneagram uh, Institute hit us up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Omada Labs, if, if you hear it, it it'll come out on our website. If it if it's successful, if the internal uh, you know movement 
passes, it will be expressed uh, on our website, and uh, you can learn more at uh, modahealth.com slash labs. Okay, I'll I'll drop a link in the description once it's uh, available. But that was a that was a very powerful plug. At first, I was like, oh no, I I don't know if he has anything, but that was like something I feel like you pitched more than once. Um, <laughs> we'll try. We'll see if it doesn't show up. I was not <laughs> successful. I've left Omada, and it's it's done. That's it. It's over. <laughs> uh all right that's yeah so you know stay tuned for the exciting conclusion of that one um ryan thank you very much for bringing your expertise you'd crush it on the enneagram game um and i've i feel like i learned a lot and uh yeah that's i think that's it thanks kevin for having me my pleasure i'll talk to you soon all right see ya to another episode of Unless You Ask. And thanks again to my guest, Ryan Kwan. If you're interested in taking the Enneagram test, I'll leave a link to the free version of it in the episode notes. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or if you have feedback, please email me at unlessyapod at gmail.com. That's unlessyapod at gmail.com. Unless You Ask is produced by Bread People Productions. Visit breadpeopleproductions.com to see all the projects that they're working on. All right, you made it to the end, and for this week's Nobody Asks, I am going to let you all know that I own 12 pairs of shoes.